this isn't brain surgery with Doc Snipes. This podcast was created to provide you the information and tools Doc Snipes gives her clients so that you too can start living happier. Our website, DocSnipes.com, has even more resources, videos, and handouts, and even interactive sessions with Doc Snipes to help you apply what you learn. Go to DocSnipes.com to learn more. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Happiness Isn't Brain Surgery with Doc Snipes, practical tools to improve your mood and quality of life. Today, we're really going to focus on problem solving. We're going to start out in this first module by identifying your problem-solving options, a couple of which may be a little bit surprising to you, and explore methods for describing a problem and organizing all the necessary information. So your options, and the first and most surprising is stay miserable. Most of us, when there's a problem, don't want to stay miserable, but that is a viable option. If you don't want to do anything, you want to sit on your pity pot, that is your choice. So staying miserable is an option. Tolerating the problem involves accepting that the problem's happening and tolerating both the problem as itself and your responses to the problem. Give you a perfect example. Um, Sometimes when I work out, I hurt myself. Not a big surprise there. But when I put ice on it, if you've ever had to ice an ankle or a hand or anything, you know that that is not a pleasant sensation, especially if it's like an ice bath. You're not coating the ice with like three levels of towels or something. If you're plunging your hand into a bucket full of ice water and having to leave it there until it goes numb, it is really unpleasant. So you can either choose to not ice your hand, stay miserable, let the swelling continue, tolerate the problem, put your hand in the ice bucket, and sit there and count to 10 and do whatever you can until it goes numb. You can feel better about the problem by changing your cognitive response, which when you've got your hand in a bucket of ice is not easy to do, but You can focus on things like something on TV, or you can focus on talking to somebody. There are things that you can do to distract yourself. Instead of thinking about the pain, think about something else, because when you think about the pain, it's just going to hurt more. Or you could solve the problem, which involves changing the situation or getting out of the situation for good. Pull your hand out of the bucket. Now, the swelling's going to come back, but the immediate pain of the ice bath is gone. So, you know, granted, you're not usually probably dealing with ice packs, but that's a good analogy to help you figure out kind of what you want to do. Some things you're just going to have to tolerate, and they really suck, and there's just not much you can do about them. Um, And we're going to talk about your different options as we go through today. So when you are solving a problem, there are some basic steps, and they're going to be pretty common sense. Observe and describe the situation. We're going to go into this in depth because a lot of times we don't observe the whole situation. We have our interpretations. We observe a little part of a situation, but we don't take in the whole thing. The next part is check the facts. We don't want to make rash decisions or any decisions based on incomplete information. Then you want to identify your goal in solving the problem. Now, what my goal may be, it may be very different than what your goal may be. So we're talking about what is your goal? What is going to help you be effective at, brace yourself for it, achieving your ultimate goals and being true to your values? Brainstorm solutions. Sometimes the first thing that comes into your mind is not the best solution. So give yourself a minute and brainstorm solutions. 
Choose the one that is most likely to work to help you achieve your long-term goals, but also not make you super miserable in the process. You're going to balance your happiness in the present moment with your choices because some choices will make you happier than others. Put the solution into action and then evaluate the outcomes, knowing that in many cases, not all, but in many cases, you can kind of drop back. If it seems like what you're doing is not working well, you can kind of drop back and rearrange what you're doing. So just because you make a decision and you choose a quick course of action doesn't mean you've got to stay on it. Think about being on a hiking path. You choose a path, you've got it all marked out, you get three quarters of the way in that path and you realize that it's flooded. You can't get through unless you're going to get your feet all muddy and wet and nasty. So you may have to go back and say, all right, well, we need to take the branch that we found back there. So there's lots of options. So let's start out with observing and describing the problem and context. What is distressful, what is painful, what is unpleasant in one situation where it may not be able to be changed, may be able to be changeable, or may feel different in a different situation. So it's important to consider kind of what's going on. Um, We're going to use the example of feeling lonely and isolated because a lot of people experience this. So observe and describe the context. Who is involved? We're not talking about who's causing you, who's making you feel lonely. We're not talking about trying to identify all of the underlying root causes. We're looking at this current situation. Why are you feeling lonely and who is involved? If there's nobody but you and your dog, okay, that's who's there and could be why part of the reason you're feeling lonely and isolated. However, you know, we need to consider all the aspects, all of the players. You may also feel lonely and isolated because you got in a fight with your best friend and you can't call her now. And so you want to reach out, you want some kind of human connection and, but that, that one's broken for the moment. Um, One of your other friends may be on vacation or may be working a double shift and you can't reach out and talk to them so each time you try to reach out even to other people you might find that you hit some roadblocks which is contributing to the situation of you feeling lonely and isolated now that doesn't mean that you have to feel that way but we're just taking into account what's going on in this particular situation when is it happening If it's happening at 2 in the afternoon, you've probably got more choices than you do at 2 in the morning. So taking that into consideration and saying, you know, I'm feeling lonely and isolated. It's 2 in the morning. One of my options right now may be to go to bed, whereas at 2 in the afternoon, that's hopefully probably not an option. Where did it happen? If you are feeling lonely and isolated and you're sitting in your room and you've got the blinds drawn at 2 in the afternoon and... You know, that is a context. Do you feel lonely when you're by yourself? Or are you in a room full of people and just feeling completely disconnected and lonely? And finally, the what's. And you notice there's no how here. That's a whole different topic. But what is going on in the present situation that is triggering this feeling of loneliness and isolation? Are you bored? Did you have a bad day? Do you want to talk to somebody? Uh, You know, what has built up? over time, um, and it may be through the course of today or through the course of the week, that's contributing to your feeling lonely and isolated right now. 
what are your contributions to it? What are your vulnerabilities? Have you been getting enough sleep? Have you been trying to reach out and interact with people? Um, and maybe that's gone well, maybe that hasn't. What is it that you're bringing to the situation? What are your thoughts about the situation? If you are focusing on all the ways that people have abandoned you, left you, let you down, that's probably going to compound feeling lonely and isolated. We're not judging at this point. We're just saying, what are your contributions to this situation that are impacting or increasing how lonely and isolated you feel? What are my current thoughts and feelings? So just kind of brainstorm. What's going through my mind? Maybe that nobody wants to talk to me, that nobody can be counted on, that everybody leaves. You know, what are the thoughts that you're having that are contributing to it? And, you know, it's a pretty logical uh, continuation with, from those thoughts to feeling lonely and isolated and maybe even resentful and hurt and depressed. You know, there may be a lot of other feelings that we just kind of need to put down there so we know that they're there. And are others, what are others' contributions and vulnerabilities in this situation? Now, remember, I talked about the friend that you got into a fight with. And, you know, they probably had some part in that disagreement and that cutting off of communication. Both of you did. The other friend that's working a double, they can't talk to you right now. Even if they wanted to, they're at work. So it's not really their contribution. It's kind of more of a vulnerability because they're not available to you right now. It's not anything personal. It's they got to put food on the table. So considering, you know, why is it that the normal things that you do to not feel lonely and isolated, why aren't they working? What can be addressed? It's amazing how much you don't know about what you don't know. And <laughs> it always makes me kind of giggle when I take on a new job and I start the new job and I don't even know what I'm supposed to be doing, but I don't know who to ask or what to ask if there's no manual, which is why I love manuals. Manuals tell you what you need to know. Uh, that's my little structured side. But you don't realize how much you don't know about something until you get into it and start going, ooh, I don't know. I always tell my kids when we're um, reviewing their lessons, tell me about it. Teach me about whatever this topic is so I understand it. You don't really know how much you don't know until you start trying to explain it to somebody else. And then you're like, ooh, I missed that. I, I didn't see that gaping hole in my reasoning there. So this is why we're going to start putting things down on paper so we can really look at it. And I say putting it down on paper. If you've got somebody that you can brainstorm with, score, all the better. But most of the time when things like this come up, we don't have somebody readily available that we can grab for 20 minutes to go, all right, let's think about this. Get input from other people who do notice the problem. So if you can, you know, you're feeling lonely and isolated, all right. So maybe one of your goals over the next couple of days, if you decide to tolerate the distress right now, get through it, um, then when you are interacting with other people, you might talk with them and say, you know, what do you think has changed? I've started feeling really isolated and lonely. And they may go, well, you've quit going out with us. You're sleeping all the time. And you might be, might be more aware then 
because a lot of times we have blinders on when people start displaying relapse warning signs for depression anxiety addiction any of those you know the first people to notice it they're significant others we don't generally we're not generally mindful enough and aware enough of what's going on to see these little well big flashing lights that go a uh, problem when they're happening so it's important to be able to have a couple people that you can ask but if you don't you know let's stick with lonely and isolated you don't have anybody you can rely on so think about other times when you haven't been lo lonely and isolated and what's different now than back then try to figure out what you're doing differently what's the situation how the situation is different write down all of this stuff and if you can seek advice to verify your impressions of the problem if you can't you know again you have absolutely nobody you can talk to um, and I have difficulty believing that there's nobody you can talk to but you know if you don't think about it try to get into your devil's advocate side and you're feeling this way so play devil's advocate argue the other side of the problem about um, why you may not be as lonely and isolated as you currently think you are so you know kind of try to get a dialogue going in your own head if you will root cause analyses oh i love these things they're very very simple it's kind of like mind mapping you start out with the issue and in this case feeling lonely and isolated would be in the middle and then all of those things that we just talked about the contributing factors to you feeling lonely and isolated everything from not getting enough sleep so being more reactive to having a fight with your best friend to having a bad day at work whatever it is all of those go down in different little contributing factor bubbles let's see them all we don't start drawing connections quite yet we just want to see all of the things that fed in or may have fed in to contribute to this issue and then you can start figuring out what's actually causing it right now and it may be a bunch of stuff and where to start sort of unraveling this issue of feeling lonely and isolated i encourage people to think of problems like a blanket and all of these problems are knitted together once you start and if you've ever done it i know i have and i've ruined many a blanket this way once you find one area and start pulling on that string you start unraveling the problem so find one area sometimes it doesn't matter where you start exactly it's just what can you do right now what is the next best step to improve the next moment a chain analysis is a little bit different i like a root cause analysis because it's just kind of like forgive the phrase vomiting on a page you're just putting it all out there there's no particular order in order to then go back and look at it a chain analysis kind of takes all that stuff and you can use one and put it into another takes all of that stuff and looks at more causative factors so you're feeling lonely and isolated what prompted that well maybe you came home from work to an empty house your roommates are all gone your kids moved out and went to college people are on vacation whatever it is you come home and you're bouncing around in a big house and you're like oh i don't like this feeling so that's what prompted this particular episode of feeling lonely and isolated so then you can go back and look at what made me more more vulnerable to reacting to this in this way right now again 
not getting, getting quality sleep, not taking care of yourself, maybe not reaching out to your social supports ahead of time, um, and, and making plans. If you knew the whole family was gonna, going to be on vacation for a week, and, you know, by the fourth or fifth day, it starts getting a little too quiet. So look at things that may have made you more likely. I try not to use a, the same word in a definition. More likely to react with distress to a particular situation. Okay, so we know what led up to it. And we'll deal with that later. Now, what are our options? How do we solve this problem? Well, one response would be to make new friends, develop new hobbies. You know, if they're going to be gone for another week, maybe you can pick up a new hobby and, you know, throw yourself into YouTube and try to learn how to crochet or build something or whatever it is that makes you happy. That can help some with feeling lonely and isolated. There are also lots of Facebook groups and meetups and things like that. So that's one option. Your other option is to resist the problem, fight the problem, which can result in uh, emotional eating, binge drinking, self-harm, things that are unpleasant, things that are unhealthy and unhelpful, and will not end up with good consequences because engaging in those behaviors, it doesn't solve the lonely and isolated problem. It just makes it go away for a short period of time so you're not paying attention to it. But then when you're not doing whatever those avoidance activities are, you feel bad. You feel helpless. You feel like reduced self-esteem because you may have chosen behaviors that you said you were not going to do anymore. So you have choices. And a chain analysis helps you identify what choices you have and what the consequences are in addition to what led up to this problem so you can prevent it in the future. So when faced with a problem, you can stay miserable. It's your choice. You can tolerate the pain and, you know, just kind of grin and bear it and get through it knowing that it will stop because pain doesn't go on forever. You can change how you feel or think about the situation, looking for the positives, being an obnoxious Pollyanna if you have to sometimes can help. Or you can change the situation. Depending on what we're talking about, sometimes changing the situation is easier said than done. So sometimes the only thing you can do is change how you feel or think about it. The first step, which is what we're talking about here, is just to observe and describe the whole situation, the context, the other people involved, why this particular situation is occurring at this point in time. We're not talking about the six other times it occurred. We're talking about right now. And using a root cause analysis or chain analysis or just some other form of getting it out so you can look at all the evidence in order to understand all the pieces that are contributing to how you feel in this particular situation. So if you like this podcast, you can join our Facebook group at docsnipes.com slash, whoops, actually it's docsnipes.com slash Facebook now. Uh, I tried to make it a little easier. You can subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash all CEUs education or join our community at docsnipes.com.